It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. We seen you will not return. Um, the call for your prayer request will be standing in agreement as you're standing in agreement. Um, at this time, um, Pastor Sylvia Staples are offering a counseling session. Um, so make sure that you get in the season and get your counseling session scheduled. If you want to become an intercessory, so with the next prayer team, we do ask that you do call in as well. If you want to become a covenant partner with the message of Christ, we ask that you do so call in. If you want the mega prayer team to come to a city nearby you or a loved one, we do ask that you do call in uh, and schedule um, those days or schedule the, the preparation for these things to go forth. Our U.S. mailing address is message of Christ. P.O. Box 390762. We are located in Chicago, Illinois. And the zip code is 
Father. Lord, you are our rock. Thank you, Lord, for training our hands to war and our fingers to fight, Lord. Thank you, Father. We can put on your armor this morning, Father, so that we may be able to stand against the devil, Father God. Lord, we thank you that we need not fear, Father, for you shall fight for us, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, because our fear, Father God, yes, Lord, is in you, Father. Our fear, Father, yes, Lord, thank you, Father God, is not carnal, Father God. But we receive right now today, Father, the fear of you today, Father God, that we may be holy, that we may be acceptable right now today in your sight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for disarming the principalities and powers, Father God making a public spectacle of them, Father, as we triumph over them, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we submit to you. We resist the devil right now today, for he shall flee, Father God, from us, Lord. We thank you that we are your children, Father God, and we are overcomers because he who is with us, who is in us, is greater than he who is in the whole wide world, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the victory through your son, giving us the victory through faith, Faith, Father, giving us the victory, Lord. Yes, Lord, through love, Father. Thank you for giving us the victory, Father God, for every obedience, Lord, for every, Father, truth, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you lead us in triumph on Father God and Christ. Through us, Father God, you spread your fragrance of your knowledge in every place, Lord. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us in judgment shall be condemned, Father. We thank you that this is the inheritance, Father, of those who believe in righteous from you, Father God. Lord, we thank you for the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, Father God, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we overcome this world because we are born of you today, born of God, born of your son, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that it is our faith, Father, that it is the victory which we have overcome this world because we believe that you, Jesus, and the Son is the Son of God, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So as we go forth, we want to thank God for the reading of the word. We're just going to share what the Father is sharing with me this morning, and it's um, coming out of Ezra, the book of Ezra. The entire book or the Bible or the manual and instruction is, is, is food for our spiritual growth, and as I go into um, the book of Ezra, see yourself in this time, see what's happening in this time, um, understand what what God is speaking to you. So in the book of Ezra, just a little history of it. Um, the purpose was in this time, God was showing the faithfulness and the way he kept his promises to restore his people to the land. In this time, um, it followed Second Chronicles, and it was because of the history of the Jewish people. It was a recording for their return to the land after captivity. And some of the key places is Babylon and Jerusalem. And um, in these events, we're going to see how we're going to actually see how this return to the land after captivity helps us understand how God wants us to move in the earth, um, even after the fall. You know, you think of things that, or you think of principles. Uh, or things that now that you understand because you are born again, how these things are preparing for a spiritual awakening, if I can say. And in Ezra, in this book, um, Ezra, chapter 9, we're going to actually go through chapter 9, and we're going to pick out some points from um, 1 through 15. And it speaks about the when Ezra opposes intermarriage. But also in this chapter, it speaks about Ezra praying before the people. Um, so as we go forth, it's five points I'm just going to cover. And again, this is the, this is the passage where the Father was, or God was showing how His faithfulness for His people um, now in this time was supposed to return into captivity. I'm sorry, return to the land after captivity. So he was basically speaking the history of the Jewish people. So 
the spiritual awakening, four points that I'm just going to cover this morning is, the first point is the people of God experience persecution for obedience to God. And that's in the passage, Ezra 4 and 24. The second point is the people of God experience favor and blessings for trusting God. That'll be at Ezra 6 and 22. The people of God are distracted by sin. That's in Ezra 9, 1 through 2. And the fourth one is the people of God form a bond of community and share their faith. And that's in Ezra 9 and 15. So when we look at our country, when we look at us as a Christian nation, when we look at ourselves as a church, how did we get here? What were the conditions that caused us to get to this point? This is you visualizing and seeing how the Father is moving through you. These questions you have to ask, you have to ask questions sometimes. You don't question the work of God, but there are questions that place you into a place that if we look at our history, if we look at what the Father been speaking from day one, from the time he created us, created us, if we look at who we are as men who God has performed, a work through Israelites in this time, going into the land, into the promised land. He said we inherit the promises by our patience and our obedience. So if we look at the Israelites during this time of what is called Babylonian exile, we can see a similar pattern to what we have today. In this time, the Jews became arrogant. They did not depend on God. They trusted their wealth, their strength, but Babylon was stronger. So the men and women that were sent to Babylon during this exile, Babylon was overthrown. And you have to take a look back at the scripture for yourself or this book because it speaks about um, the kings of Media. And all of it is a spiritual context and a spiritual understanding. But at the beginning of the reign of this time, people were already in the land that wrote an accusation against the residents of Judah and Jerusalem. And the events that took place during these days, um, they were talking about provinces. They were talking about, um, you know, the land in the third world. But as we look at this time for ourselves, it says the people, God experienced persecution for obedience to God. Now, this the construction of God's house in Jerusalem in this time has stopped and remained at a standstill until the second year of whatever the reign that king was supposed to bring forth. And because our king is king of king and lord of lords, we want to look at ourselves, look at what God has built in his temple and what it is that we're supposed to rebuild in the temple in the land of the earth. And this time it was Jerusalem. And But for us, Said, on earth as it is in heaven. So we got to look at ourselves in this time, look at what the Father has um, told us to manifest or has spoken in vision. And we have to begin to celebrate and understand that the people of God celebrated when the temple was finished. And as God continued to prepare us for this spiritual awakening, we have to understand the favor that is on our lives. We have to understand because the Lord has made us joyful, and the joy of our Lord is our strength. And having changed, we have to see what it is that's causing distraction, that's causing um, the persecution, that's causing the opposition. We have to be aware of that so that the work of God can be done and performed. Um, the second thing is how the people of God experience favor and blessing and trust in God. And I'm going to go back to the first one because I didn't go to scripture reference. So with that one, the people God experience persecution for obedience to God is in Ezra 4 and 24. And if we can take a look. At Ezra 4 and 24, I'm reading out of the King James Bible. This is a scripture reference. It says, in this particular trap chapter, it talks about how the enemies oppose the rebuilding. So there's going to be some opposition, as I stated, some persecution for our obedience. But 
in, in Ezra 4 and 24, it reads, Then cease the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. In this passage, um, Ezra resumes its chronological account here, and it may have been 10 years since the Israelites had worked on the temple. They did not begin in a certain period of time, but in the second year, they were to wait until that king came to reign. So in this reigning, we want to understand that that reign is to perform, is to become, is to be prepared for that spiritual awakening this time to rebuild the temple, to rebuild what it is the Father is telling us to rebuild, to rebuild the desolate places, to restore the repair, be restored to the repair of the breach. And that's found in Isaiah. Not sure what scripture, but if it comes to me by the time I end the call, I'll share. But that is what's being attacked. See, the enemy don't attack us as people because God has no respect of us as a person. You know, he has respect. He has the favor and the grace on our lives because of our obedience. So he only sees us in obedience. He sees us in the love that he created us in the image of himself. But in that obedience, persecution, it says, will come. Um, the enemy will oppose of the rebuilding. So as we go forward to the second point, which is found in Ezra 6 and 6.22, the people of God experience favor and blessing for trusting God. So he said he will not forget our labor of love. So in 6 and 22 in Ezra, it says, this is where the temple is completed and dedicated, and the Passover is celebrated. So it says in 6 and 22, and kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of King Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. So as I said, take a look back at this passage because it's a deeper history that cannot be given in these 20 minutes that I have or that I have had. But understand that in this passage, the celebration was from seeing the completion of a thing being done, seeing how dedicated because God said, let there be whoever you are. If you say your name in this time, let there be you to perform a work, to build, to rebuild, to restore. So in this time, even when persecution and opposition um, tries to distract us, we still have to know that it says, he will turn whatever the enemy, he said he will prepare a table for our enemy. He said the enemy will become our footstool. That's how we're supposed to move in the land to be able to profit or to be able to inherit the kingdom in the land. We have to have the mindset that we will be born with, the Christ likeness, because it says in death, he said he will give us joy. He said, for the Lord has made us joyful. He's Turn the heart of the enemy unto his people, unto the righteous, and it strengthens our hands in the work. So this is what helps us to understand how we can move through opposition, how we can um, overcome persecution, how we can just lean to God. And in the beginning of this, it was talking about the captivity. So in order for us to come out of captivity, so in order for us to come, because being enslaved in the flesh, you know, our flesh is weak, but the spirit is so powerful. Um, we want to understand that coming up out of being in bondage, coming up out of slavery, coming up out of um, the old love, the old way of thinking, the old mindset, the old desires, when we walk into the loop, there is a walk that we have to perform that causes us to understand the um, spiritual awakening. So in that spiritual awakening, we have to see ourselves moving in the land. We have to see ourselves manifesting what God said just because he wants to do a work through us. We have to see ourselves actually walking in those steps and walking these things out over a history of time. If you look back, we are history. 
we are making history in this land as we walk, if we walk in the obedience and righteousness that God has given us to perform in the land. So out of captivity, out of the old into the new, out of being in bondage, out of being slaves, out of being kept from God's promises, we have to walk from captivity, or we have to come out of captivity and go into the land. So in that second passage, which is found in Ezra 6 and 22, understand that the people of God experience favor and blessing for trusting God. In three, it helps us to understand the people of God are distracted by sin. And in that distraction, in Ezra 9, chapter 9, one through two. This is the chapter that I introduced. But in this chapter, we want to understand the lessons from Ezra's life. It's um, a person's willingness to know and practice God's word will have a direct effect on how God uses his or her life. The starting place for serving God is a personal commitment to where to serve him today, even before knowing what the service will be. And you have to understand also the strength in this time that Ezra had. Um, a personal commitment to live for God, that is important. The achievements are simple examples of what God can do through someone's life. The most effective leader spoken of in the Bible had little awareness of the impact that their lives had on others. He yourself in this. They were too busy obeying God to keep track of their successes. And Ezra fits this description. So in the strength there were, and the, in the accomplishment, Ezra committed to study, follow, and teach God's word. He also led the second group of exiles. So we're not going to go into each particular thing, but that main one was to understand that that Ezra committed to study, follow, and teach God's word, even in the time of him being called to rebuild in this time, even in the time of coming up out of captivity for what he was speaking about for the Jews. There was a faithfulness of the way that God kept his promise to restore his people in the land. So he's still keeping his promises. But in Ezra 9, 1 through 2, it reads that now when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land, doing according to their abominations, even other Canaanites and the Hittites and the Persites and the Jebusites and the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Egyptians and the Amorites. Four, and two it says, four, they have taken up their daughters for themselves and for their sons so that that so the whole so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with people of the of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and the rulers have been chief in their surpass. So in this passage it's basically talking about since the time of the judges, Israelite men had married heathen women and then adopted their religious practices. But although these practices were forbidden in God's law, we have to understand that it happened in Ezra days, and again, only a generation after him, which is in Nehemiah. But opposition to mixed marriage was not a racial prejudice, because Jews and the non-Jews of this area were of the same semitic background. The reasons were strictly spiritual. When you read in the Bible these um, passages or these stories, it's how God dealt with his people. You got to look at how the people obey God. So in this time, we're thinking about coming out of captivity and what's hindering us, the opposition. So look at it as just the opposition that he's talking about. This is the reasons of how we have to understand, understand spirit. So it says, one who married a heathen spouse, was inclined to adopt a person's heathen practices. If the Israelites were insensitive enough to disobey God in something as important as marriage, they couldn't be strong enough 
to stand firm against their selfish idolatry. Until the Israelites finally stopped this practice, idolatry remained a constant problem. So when we look at our own lives, what are we are when we're reborn again, we are God's bride. So when sin comes in, it says the people of God distracted by sin. Whatever sin is, sin is anything that's unrestrained and unregulated by God's word. So whatever that may be in whatever category, until we understand that we prevail with man and with God as Israelites, this practice of whatever that idolatry, whatever is keeping us in disobedience, whatever is keeping us rebellion to God's word, it cannot stop until we move in the understanding of who we are in God. Until we move in that favor and that grace of God, grace is greater than the sin that we put ourselves in. Grace is greater than that opposition. But until we finally stop moving in the the sin or outside of God's will, this practice can't stop. But it also speaks about how some Israelites had married heathen spouses and lost track of God's purpose for them. So when you marry into a thing, there is how there is a covenant. There is a covenant connection. So if we're God's bride, there is an expectation for us to move in the land. There is an expectation that God is preparing us for. There is a spiritual awakening that is causing us to move as the bride. So as we understand who we are as children of God, as we understand our life as being reborn again, certain things shouldn't be distracting us in this time. But it says in the New Testament, the believers should, we should not, Okay, so again, it speaks to, into the spiritual content, but it uses into opposes to intermarriage. So it says, I'm just going to say it, believers should not marry unbelievers. Such marriages cannot have unity in the most important issue in life. So for our married women, for our married men, for those who want to be married, this is a, a a great way to understand marriage because marriage involves two people becoming one. Faith may become an issue, and one spouse may have to compromise, compromise beliefs for the sake of unity. Many people discount this problem only to regret it later. Don't allow emotion or passion to blind you in the blind you to the ultimate importance of marrying someone with whom you cannot be united spiritually. So that's in a nugget in itself. But as we go back to understanding this and why we have to build in the land and how we inherit the land and the promises of the land, it's because of our obedience. But we can be get we can become distracted by sin. And with this sin, even though God has been faithful and even though God has done what the people, what we have prayed for, deliverance and return to their land, some of us have to understand that we have not been faithful to God. So sin gets in the way of our being faithful to God. Sin gets in the way of our seeing God's favor in our lives and in the lives of the church. So in two responses, I'm just going to go forth. That was the third one. I got one more, and then, you know, we'll end the call. Two responses for how you respond to sin is the indifference and continuation of sin. And in the indifference and continuation of sin, is to be indifferent to the problem and to continue to sin. Indifference is a polite word. In reality, a person is in complete rebellion with God when they continue to sin. This is one of um, the ways that it creates a downward spiral that gets worse as time goes on. Um, in Romans, it shows a clear example how the impact of continuing to sin makes the society worse. So I believe that as a nation and as a state, and even as a denomination of church, we are responding in this way in this time. Um, this state also continues to ignore God and pursue its own interests. At the same time, Christians don't make prayer and witnessing a priority. This is what we're looking at. So we got to be truthful with where we at. We got to be truthful in ourselves. We want to spend time entertaining ourselves or pushing God out. We slip into sin and we don't make it a happen to get clean. We don't try to confess our sins. We get offended when people tell us otherwise. We have to know that these are prevalent among our leadership. And then the second way we, com- 
we um, respond to this sin that's distraction now, keep in mind we're coming up out of the, the captivity and we're trying to enter into the land and inherit and possess it. But we can't if we're moving in this way. So the humiliation and confession of sin, this is the second way that we deal with the distraction. It's to humiliate yourself and confess your sin. The Bible says that we need to humble ourselves or God will humble us. And in in Second Chronicles, humble yourself, not Second Chronicles, but it says in Second Chronicles, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal the land. This is the way we're supposed to move and walk. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in the proper time. It is said the road to humility is paved with a thousand humiliations. This is the path that Ezra took. So in our sin, we want to understand that our sin is great, but your grace is greater. So take a look back in this day and in this time of what the book of Ezra means for you. Our sin is great. But your grace is greater. And the fourth one, I'm not going to go and keep you guys long, but the fourth one is the fourth great, no, go back to the fourth one. The fourth one is, I think that is the fourth one. So as I wrap it up and make sure that's the fourth point, the fourth point actually states the people of God form a bond of community and share their faith. And that's in Ezra 9 and 15, and that will end the call for us. Ezra 9 and 15 reads, O Lord God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped as it is this day. Behold, we are before thee in our trespasses, for we cannot stand before thee because of this. And it just basically helps us understand that Ezra recognized that if God gave the people the justice they deserved, they would not be able to stand before him. Often we cry out for justice when we feel abused and unfairly unfairly treated. In those moments, we forget the reality of our own sin and the righteousness judgment we deserve. How fortunate we are that God gives us mercy and grace rather than only justice. The next time you ask God for fair and just treatment, pause to think what will happen if God gave you what you really deserve. Plead instead of his for plead for his mercy instead. So as this close our call, make sure that you understand um the power of studying the word of God. Make sure you understand what the Father or our Father is speaking to us in this time for us to rebuild, for us to go into the land and possess it from our obedience and from our patience. Um we just wanna make sure these points is awakening us spiritually, making sure that we understand what persecution looks like, making sure that um, because we are God's people, we will experience persecution and we will experience opposition, but we also have God's favor and his blessing. If we trust in him, we understand that we will be distracted by sin, but we are overcomers. He said we will trample over serpents and servants. So in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Father God, for the reading of your word. We thank you, Father, as you prepare our spiritual awakening, Father God. We come against every opposition. We come against every persecution right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for as we find a form of bond of faith, Father God, that by your word alone, Father God, that we will inherit, Father God, into the kingdom, Father God. We thank you, Father, for the father of our faith, who is Abraham, Father God. We thank you, Father, yes, Lord, that you called us by name, Father God, to go forth and manifestation, Father God, in the land today, Father. So we decree and declare, Father God, that your will will be done, Father God, in our life. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor, Lord, because it is already done in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So we thank you for tuning in to the Message of Christ Church, where the senior pastor is Pastor Sylvia Staples. We have tuned in to our mega prayer. Our broadcast number is Eric Cole 641-715-3670, and the access code is 420-123-POUND. We also we ask that you do join us and invite you to join us back every Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. for Mega Prayer. Every 
Monday at 7 p.m. for Miracle Monday and every Sunday for our 8 a.m. morning Bible. You can also reach out to the ministry um, through our administrative line. Our phone number is 773-609-2071. You can leave a prayer request on this line, but we will um, just forward it and send it to our intercessory team to stand in agreement with you. You can also call in if you want to sow into the ministry or if you want to become a covenant partner. We do ask that you do call in if you are um, inquiring about counseling sessions um, with Pastor Sylvia Staples, please do call in as well as if you want the mega prayer team to come to a city by you or a loved one, um, please do call in as well. You can also visit our website at messagechrist.net. There you will find the prayer wall. Continue to make your prayer requests known, any praise reports or testimonies as well, as well as um, if you have not yet purchased the prayer shawl, um, we ask that you, um, we encourage you to um, purchase for yourself or even a loved one um, in this time. You can also, um, you can also by means um, make any donations or you can pay through uh, the PayPal that's on the website as well. Um, please connect with the ministry by way of social media. Pastor Periscope is on YouTube, Periscope. She's also on Facebook. Um, she has live streaming on com as well as the website, live streaming those four. So uh, if you have any questions or concerns, um, the website will be updated with any changes. Um, we ask that you do email us if this is your first time joining the call just to so we can have your information and that um, you can just let us know the blessings of the Lord and say that the Lord is in your life in this time of connecting with the message of Christ Church. We do encourage you to join us every first and fourth Saturday. It's our uh, Women's Fellowship Conference. If you want to join us this fourth Saturday, we do ask that you call in for the address or you can text for the address um, so that you can have the address to fellowship with us. The fourth Sunday is usually at 3 p.m. And the first Sunday, first Saturday, I'm sorry, for our women's fellowship is usually in the morning from 1130 to, to 2.30 or in between those times. But do call in or listen to the um, broadcast every Monday through Friday for any updates at 6 a.m. Um, and you will get that information or call in if you need clarity or you need understanding. So as we go forth in our day, God bless you. Um, thank you for joining us again. Um, we love you. And just walk out this day like Ezra did. You know, walk out this day and understand the principles and the character and how God dealt with Ezra. Know that God is dealing with you the same way. So um, receive your spiritual awakening in this day. God bless you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.